Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Listen to These Nerds. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be the GM for tonight. We're doing another episode of Mythos Unit. Starting on my right and working our way around the table is... Me? Yvette, playing Tara. Hey! That that totally sounded like we made a soundboard of you. It was just like, me, Yvette, playing Tara. That's a good idea for in case we're missing any players. And I'm Megan. I am playing Jake Houston. (laughs) This episode brought to you entirely by Chris. We're not actually here. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a mastermind at a giant board pressing buttons. Jack will be the best person for that, though, because he has an accent. So it sounds more exciting. Like spliced in with normal voice. No, no, I'm not that lonely. (laughs) Two two boards. (laughs) Two boards for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh So much material for you. I'm John, I'm playing Chip. Oh. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I respect Chris too much as an artist. Aww. Aww. Tonight, on a very now special I'm, episode of Listen to These Nerds. He shamed me, John. <laughs> I was trying to think of the best way I could do, like, uh, like a theory or, like, uh, you know, like, uh... <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Hello. Or just, like, any autoresponder voice. Like, I, I've been hey, completely... Hey, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Joey, and I'm playing Quincy Adams. And I'm Harry, and I'm playing Franklin Blackmore, and I'm not doing a bit because this has gone on long enough. All right, so let's jump into the game. Can anybody tell me where we were last time? We uh, just won the whole game, and you said all crime is solved. Good job, everybody. And you were mm-hmm. going to give us all our rewards. We also yeah, killed we did $50 in real money. <laughs> which is what we you were, beat my game. <laughs> which is what we were promised when we started this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we could beat all crime? (laughs) (laughs) He he dared us. Turns out, if you use a myth power to name somebody all crime and then just beat the crap out of them, it technically works. We showed him. Yeah, I really didn't think that far ahead. (laughs) It's okay, Chris is a millionaire, so... Mm Mm-hmm. On a more serious note, um, we started uh, doing investigations into the uh, the Dryad murder. Yep. You found a couple of suspects that may have purchased the Weed Be Gone that was used as the murder weapon. In addition, one of the players, uh, the fellow playing Franklin Blackmore, decided to send off a letter to Iris, the Grove Mother, to speak to her in regards to the case going on. Mm. So we can look at that dead body some more. Uh-huh. Mm, we'll see. Uh, so... Are we going to start with me, or does anybody else have anything that they need to do? Let's start off with the team and wrapping up everything for the day on Monday. So, it is about 8 p.m. by this point after performing all of your investigations, and it's getting a bit late in the day, so many of you have possibly finished up your shift and heading home, unless any of you want to stay a bit later and work some graveyard hours. Yes, Blackmore has left, but that's not entirely suspicious. Mm -hmm. I'll go home. All right. Pulling graveyards, I need my beauty sleep. Uh huh. You also need to take care of the goat. <laughs> that too. <laughs> right. So you're going to head home, and you take the goat with you. Um, that you now know is in fact a baby gruff, a very powerful uh, form of myth once fully grown. So, with that in mind, you also need to make sure that this little guy is fed as well. So, what are you going to do for food for him? One moment. Mm hmm. Did I name him Fisher? You uh, had no, named him. I did name him. You did name him, okay. And I feel like it was Fisher. Fisher? Fisher is his last name now. Fisher! You've been compromised! Get out of the whatever, mission! Whatever I said last episode, Fisher. Alright, his name's Fisher now. Um, 
We'll soundboard that in later. He's grass. Um, yeah, that you're not really too sure what he eats. Oh, we know water. He just drinks a lot of water now. You've really noticed he drinks water, water, but he all yeah. He also, as you remember, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to say that throughout the day, he's been getting away from you from time to time, and he's taken an interest in several of the ferns on people's desks and nibbling away at them and stuff. Okay. Oh. By well, head I, of lettuce. I will take him to um, like an unkempt area of the park. Okay. Because, like, I don't know if you guys remember, there's actually areas where people will buy goats just to mow the lawn. And the goats huh. just live there, and they eat the lawn so they never have to mow it. There was a very small area near where my dad used to live that was fenced off, had nothing in it but three goats, and their whole job was just eat the grass that grows there. Aww. And it was like, what's the point? No one can go in there. Why would you need to mow the grass? But regardless, the goats... Well, like because there right. is the goats for company. So you take him to the park, and you draw a couple of interested glances from a few passerbys, like some joggers and some people who are walking their dogs in the evening and stuff, but... You just, you know, uh, have the goat go to town on the lawn, and it does seem very interested in the grass, and before you take it home, you notice it's cleared out a nice little section of grass around itself. Good, 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 good job. Yeah, it follows did you. Did we, did we figure out what this myth is called? A griff. Or, griff, no, sorry, uh, yeah. sorry, a gruff. That's what I meant to say. G-R-U-F-F. And like Jonathan Groff. Got it. <laughs> and it follows you very obediently as you head back to your house. So, after that, anybody else want to do anything this evening? Or are is it just going to be go home or a bit more work? Um, I'm trying to think of anything that... Like, what could we actually do in terms of work? Well, there's that case file that Blackmore took that's just been sitting on his desk that he said he'd handle, but hasn't seemed to touch. Yeah, but, like, Chip wants to do actual work, not be a snoop. Mm-hmm. Well, in addition to... Hmm... Other bits of case file. You do have um, a bit of information in regards to two suspects that could be investigated in regards to the Dryad case. Okay, so can I run those like in a database and sure. spend, spend the evening doing that? Yeah, absolutely. You All right, sure. Cybercrime. No, wait. Cybercrime solving? Fuck. Just stalk okay. them on Facebook. You do Joey Shop. Okay, do you have the research skill? I don't know. So... Okay, if you don't have the research skill, then you're essentially going to run it through the database and let that do its thing, but it's going to take about four hours to do so. Yeah, that, yeah that's what Chip will do. Okay. You, you want, want to put in a little extra work to get this done quicker. Right? All right. You could ask me, trained researcher, for help. Uh, I mean, if, yeah, if Tara's, like, around, he's going to be like, hey... If you... As long as it's before five o'clock, I will still be around, and if you ask her to do it. She will stay after work. No, it's eight o'clock. Yeah. Oh, eight, yeah. eight p.m. K. Already gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you up to tonight, Tara? Uh, getting crunk. Going home. No, I got crunk last time with that salsa dancing club night. Yes. Right. Um, it was a really good place, by the way. Probably Tara will be cooking an extravagant meal for one. Um, In the microwave. No, 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 no. It will be. It will be exciting, tasty. Um, with a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Only a bit of it goes under the actual cooking, though. Yeah. You know, and that gets mostly burned off. Also, Tara, just there is that letter that was sent to you from Bastille, the gargoyle that oh, yes. we had made a pact with. Mm. If you want to, you could write up a response to him. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> He's a gargoyle. He's just waiting hundreds of years for things to happen. All right. I'm not going anywhere. You got it. Okay, then. And Joey, is Quincy going to do anything? 
Quincy's going to stop at the music store before he goes home. Okay. And pick up uh, a record for himself and one for John. Okay, then. Sure. He gets him what he thinks the kid's like, and by that he means he asks the guy what the kid's like. Oh, well, if you want to know what the kid's like, man, you got to go with Huey Lewis. Everybody loves Huey Lewis. How old is this dude? Nice to meet you. What happened to the other uh, more normal-sounding record store clerk? Oh, it's a day off today. Oh. Well, you can't defeat the music, that's me, babe. <laughs> oh, God. You can't have one person running the store at all times. That's just bad business, babe. Oh, baby? oh are you another? Right. <laughs> nah, same person. Oh, sorry. My, my old mind here. That's <laughs> nah, all good. I'm yeah. seeing double. Yeah, come on. Take a bit of Huey home. Your kid's gonna love it. Um, well, if you insist. Wait, is it Huey Lewis solo work or Huey Lewis and the News? Um, solo work. Oh, you don't get, uh, the good shit. Alright, well, I get that and I get something for me. And then okay. he goes home and goes to John and be like, Have you heard about Huey Lewis? As he puts on a raincoat and dances around with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and as for Franklin. Okay, so, uh, one thing before I actually get to Mythtown. Uh, can I say that Franklin, sort of in a stroke of idea. Uh, he grabs a list of the names of the victims from the previous crimes, just in case. Alright. Okay. So yeah. Previous crimes having to do with... The murder. Alright then. Yeah, so he basically... Well, he, you... he takes all of them but one, and you probably know which one he's not putting down. Yes, so essentially the names of all of the victims connected to the man or person that has been dubbed the smiley face killer. Yes. Okay then. So, heading into Myth Town, you make your way to the grove where a couple of guards, you notice that this time they seem to be men that are made of this sort of plant-like material with armor resembling bark padding up their limbs. Okay. And Wait, there's boy dryads? N- no, they're not necessarily dryads. It could just be, like, Groot's. <laughs> Whatever species Groot is, I don't know. They're guy roots. <laughs> <laughs> they watch you approach. Oh my god! <laughs> so, they watch you approach. Once you get to a short distance away, they uh, raise their spears a bit protectively. And your name, human? Franklin Blackmore. I reach into my coat pocket. I pull out the envelope. I have a summons. They take it. This is the lady's seal. I nod. Very well, then. She has been expecting you, Mr. Blackmore. And they give you the letter back, and one of them, follow me inside. All right. So, the large wooden gates slowly creak open, ushering you into the large forest-like area known simply as the grove. As you head inside, that you can see numerous tree trunks uh, extending ahead of you. It seems to be, well, very much like a forest, and almost a wave of warm air washes over you, as though you've stepped into a massive greenhouse. Ah, yes. All right, well, Franklin keeps his head up and basically... You know, not on a swivel, not going to gawk, not right. going to saunter. I basically follow in lockstep with the guy uh, guiding me. Okay, so uh, he leads you through between a couple of trees to a small secluded area that seems to have... Yeah, it almost looks like um, a small table has been set up in the center of the clearing with that seems to be made of wood not hung from a tree, but it seems to be growing almost naturally out of the ground with a few uh, stumps nearby to sit on. Okay. So... If you would wait here, the lady will speak with you shortly. Okay, I wait. Okay, so he then leaves, and you wait for a bit, sort of looking around yourself. You can hear the chirps of birds and the thrumming of insect wings uh, filling the air, 
And then you can feel a presence slowly coming up from behind you. And turning around, you see that it is Iris, the Grove Mother, uh, slowly approaching you from the depths of the Grove. Okay. Um, I saw Jack when he was dealing with the Grove Mother, right? So, like, I've seen him doing, like, the bowing and the honorifics to use. Uh, sure. Okay, so, yeah, when she approaches... And, and you think that Jack knows what those are. Nice. Yes, yes. Well, you seem to handle the situation quite well. So, most, yeah. Most specialist plant lady woman. <laughs> most, there you go. So, yeah. Most bestest. So, uh, yeah. Most so bestest. I will turn around, I will bow, and greet her as my lady. And she will watch you for a moment. She has an expression on her face that seems to be... Like, she's slowly evaluating you, mm. like, almost as though it was a bit unexpected. Then she dips into a... Yeah, you're not even sure if it can be considered a curtsy. It's barely a movement of her body, but she seems to take a moment before acknowledging you. Mm. Mr. Franklin Blackburn. So, it seems as though you and I have something to discuss. Yes. Are you sure that we are alone here? Quiet. She steps past you and... Uh, gestures to the two seats at the small table. I'll wait for her to sit down before I do, because God knows Blackmore doesn't really know how to handle this situation. Okay. Uh, yeah, she sits and then gestures for you to do so. Alright, so I sit down with her. How are you feeling? These have been trying times, as I'm sure you understand. Yes. This is a difficult topic, and loss is, uh, well, a rather terrible thing to have in common. Indeed. Now... I was surprised when I received your letter. Tell me, you claim that you are a protector of the people, that it is your duty to ensure the well-being between myths and humans. That is the official statement, as I understand it, from the police force of Scotland Yard. And yet you send this letter to me as a private citizen. Are you aware of the term conflict of interest? If you would elaborate. In the British justice system, people are to be removed from cases in where they have a personal connection in order to create areas of non-bias. It is believed that a personal connection could taint an officer's ability to handle an investigation. I see. Hence, the more the less that people know about my particular connection to these crimes the easier it will be for me to investigate. I'm sure my team would not want me off of them, but there are other more bureaucratic members that may see things differently. She regards you for a long while. And what is this personal connection that you speak So at this, Blackmore sort of like puts his right hand on the table. I'm sure you've noticed the mark on the heel of Holly. And she looks. Yes, I have heard of things like this before. It is a mark, magical in nature, similar to a curse, in a sense. I'm not certain as to what may have brought about the appearance of the mark on both of you, but it appears that you both are connected to this. Yes. This appeared on my hand two days after. And at this, like, Blackmore kind of chokes up a little bit. Actually, it didn't happen two days before. It oh. seemed, it was during your investigations of the smiley face killer that it appeared. Yes. When you seemed to when you began drawing a connection between all the smiley faces that began appearing at the scenes of the crimes. Yeah. As the investigation continued, I, I didn't notice it, but then eventually it became too apparent for me to not. As apparent as the back of your hand. Yes. <sighs> and it 
one of the losses that you speak of. You believe that whoever it was that dealt this blow to you is responsible for the death of Winter Hollow. I'm not just suspicious of it. I know it is. I can count on that. And do you have evidence of this, or is this simply a hunch, as you humans call it? So at this, Blackmore kind of allows part of his arm to go into the the wraith form. Okay. And he sort of, like, shows it to her, and he's like, As you can see, I've been touched by death in more ways than one. It allows me to peer into emotional connections to things. When I tried to look into the crime scene to see if I had the crime scene where Holly was found, I tried to peer into it to find something of more use, but there's some sort of psychic backlash that prevented me from doing so. And if I may, humans who use the abilities of myths form packs with myths, and yours is a spirit. Is your spirit... She lets the question hang in the air. And, like, Blackmore kind of chokes up a little bit, but he finally gets up. My wife. She was a victim. Yes. It is possible that if this indeed is the killer, then it is the spirit and not some sort of psychic backlash as you term it that is the cause. If this was the individual that killed your wife, then it would be understandable that her ghost would possess a sense of fear and terror towards that which ended her life. Until... This spirit learns to face its own fears. It seems that its abilities will be hindered in this investigation. (laughs) Well, that's not the only... I don't just bank on that, I assure you. I do still have my training as a detective, and I assure you that I will find this thing and bring it to justice. So you do so for the sake of your own personal interests, but you said that you wish to find this thing... And with that, a bit of a growl enters her words. No matter what it may be, it has taken things from both of us. So how will I know that you will enforce my not just my own interests, but those of the Grove, and those that I swear to protect? Because I'm the only person in that precinct that wants this bastard as much as you do. Hmm. Now, I suppose that's correct. And it... She watches you for a bit longer. Now, what I am curious of is, it is one thing to pursue a killer, it is another thing to defend the interests of the Grove. For I have met many humans over my very, very life. And I have... With that, Blackmore cocks an eyebrow because... Oh wait, myths have been around for thousands of years, yada yada yada, go on. And many of them have fallen short of my expectations. So how will I know that you will not just mm, pursue justice, but also ensure the safety of those around you as well? It sounds like you're not here. It sounds less like you're wondering about my abilities and more my proficiencies. It almost sounds like you're giving me an interview. Perhaps I am. Perhaps I'm not. That remains for you to decide. Interview with a tree lady. (laughs) What I am curious about is you claim to apprehend myths, those that are deemed too dangerous to allow in human society, and you keep them under lock and key, as it were, subjecting them to the laws of humans. What I am curious is, I know that humans eventually have things such as parole, 
hearings, and are eventually released should they be deemed fit to re-enter society. What are the methods of preparation that you have done with these myths? That is a that is a question that is unfortunately beyond my capabilities. I'm an investigator. Solicitors or barristers would know more in the proceedings from myths. Very well. Why do you ask? Because, from what I understand, you wish to work together on this case. Or at the very least, come to an understanding. An understanding cannot be met unless both parties are willing to agree with it. If I am to meet you, I understand that you must also meet me in this. So you're asking for a transfer? Not necessarily. I wish to know that if you are indeed apprehending myths, that you are treating them with the courtesy and respect that is due all living beings. I assure you that my intentions are truly in regards of justice and not in the regards of personal power. It is the reason for this that I believe my wife was targeted in the first place. Because, because you ventured forth where, the, where others did not dare. About a year ago, pack users were something of an urban legend, and the idea of human governance politics ever playing, ever playing on equal playing fields was shaky at best and non-existent at worst. Right. I was the department's golden boy in regards for myth-related incidents. Mm-hmm. Well then. I have a proposal I would like to make to you, Mr. Blackmore. I wish to see for myself the conditions in which you are keeping your captive myths, so that I may understand that you are more than just the words that you speak. I wish to come down to where you are keeping your myths captive and ascertain their conditions for myself before I can enter into any sort of agreement. I'm sure you understand. Quite. However... There is one thing I would like to ask of you. This is a bit in the investigation side of things, but I assure you it is no... nothing trying. And at this, Blackmore produces the list of names. You have been a member of the council for how long now? A long time. He flips the list over and hands it to her. Do any of these names look familiar to you? She takes it, unfolds it, and looks at the list of victims that had been killed by the Smiley Face Killer. Mm -hmm. No. You can roll me empathy if you'd like. Can I use ghost empathy? You can go ahead. All right, that's two tens. All right. So, um, it seems she... Yeah, there is no movement on her face as she's looking over the names. It seems as though, yep, she has no reason to hide anything from you. Well, it was worth a shot anyways. All right, fine. I'll speak with the head of our department at Scotland Yard to see about setting up an official visit. Hmm. I wish to possibly... Come by in the next two to three days. That should give you enough time to prepare, I understand, for any sort of visit. It will be difficult, but I'll see what I can do. Hmm. Anything that is worthwhile is always difficult, Mr. Black. <laughs> Quite. Now then, I believe that this has been an enlightening discussion. And she slowly rises from the table. I suppose I shall see you out then. Thank you. And Blackmore follows her out. Yes. Okay. And she leads you out, and if I may, you know the name of Holly. May I know hers? Zoe. <gasps> Zoe. Zoe Blackmore. <gasps> she nods very slowly at this. Thank you. I shall be seeing you shortly, Mr. Blackmore. 
And with that, she slowly turns and goes back into the grove as the wooden doors close behind her. Okay. And Blackmore almost immediately loosens his tie, goes to Irving's van, Uh calms down his shaking hands, and then basically tells him to take him to the bar. Okay. He nods at this, and soon enough the van is speeding down the road. All right. Okay, so let's jump to the next day. So, it is the morning, as all of you have gotten a pretty good night's sleep. As for Chip, you stayed at the precinct for a while before heading home. About how much sleep did you try to get in, if I might ask? Uh, I mean, you said it took four hours, and yeah. you started at eight, so you'd go bed at midnight, and you'd get decent sleep. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. All of you come into the precinct the next day, and Jack, are you taking the goat with you, or... I don't want to leave it in my house. Yeah. He was growing really fast too, isn't he? Like, actually, um, it seemed to have grown exponentially in like the first, say, six hours since it was born. But after that, it seems to have slowed down. It looks about the size that a baby goat should be. So we have just normal yeah. baby goat with it's just also green. Yeah, yeah, green just happens to be green. Yeah. Don't we have a myth containment facility? Could you just cram it down there? <sighs> it's offensive. Yeah. Um, actually, so I I did have a question. What's up? John's character has a dog. Yeah, yeah, but the dog. Magic dog. The dog hasn't put any holes in the roof. Need to come the jump. Mm. Yeah. So, like, how much control do we actually have on the containment facility? Because well, if mm. like I thought that was more of a like more like high tower and buttermaker would have actual jurisdiction over that, right? Yeah. Um, because you guys are the ones apprehending the myths, and because you have a myth expert on your team. As a result, you do have a considerable amount of sway as to the holding and containment of the myths that you have in your custody. Okay, so I, I don't think we've actually like done the full like going over what what it, what is the containment facility actually like. I I've okay. been imagining kind of like a like you know rooms with like the pla- clear plastic like oh. wall. Oh really? I, I went yep. really archaic and it was just like a room full of bars. <laughs> no, no, like, it's, it's just it's a basement basically. It's I was imagining a high tech facility. Well, um, police budget. <laughs> it is underground Scot- New Scotland Yard, actually. It was an agreement that New Scotland Yard made with the Dwarven Guild. Essentially, they've been mining out sections below New Scotland Yard and building new rooms in their place. Um, they're rooms of varying sizes with different uh, windows, essentially looking into the rooms that the myths are kept in. So yeah, smaller rooms for smaller sized myths, but, you know, enough room to move around in and live in comfortably. Okay. In addition, they're also air-conditioned and provided with all basic amenities, as well as a whole bunch of things to ensure that, um, essentially, animals like myths are essentially kept, they're kind of more like a zoo, and they're kept fairly comfortable, whereas the myths that are criminals are essentially put in, well, you know, uh, Silence of the Lamb-style cells. Okay, so... But don't, like, do no myths go to regular prison? Like, they all stay in Scotland Yard? Well, there's no transfers, like... Because there's nowhere else. This is the first of its kind. Yeah, but what about, like, level one myths? Yeah, level... I uh, mean, even level, like, are, like, salamanders, who are fire lizards. Yeah, Yeah. can't exactly put them in a shelter. But, like, but there's myths that don't have, like, non-violent powers. Uh, There are a few like that, and they're, they're kept on the highest level in very basic cells... Or not cells, but very basic. It just seems strange that they've added a whole prison to the underside of Scotland Yard and not built a prison. They just, you know, well, there's not a lot of space in London. They just use it. They wouldn't be in London. That's just it. 
You wouldn't leave all the criminals in London. Well, that's another thing. It, this is essentially a very new thing. They're putting all of them there because there's nowhere else to put them at this time. Uh, they wanted to keep them close by New Scotland Yard and the Mythos unit, so in case anything goes on, then they have all of the specialists right then and there. It is a very patchwork idea of what the system should be, but this is the best that they could come up with in the short amount of time since a whole bunch of superpowered creatures sprang back into existence. To add relevance to this, MI5 and MI6, the two leading encounter intelligence agencies in the British thing, probably didn't have like a good working relationship with each other until about the mid-90s. Yeah. <laughs> British politics has a lot of weird interconnectedness that kind of fuck each other over and are really difficult to decipher. Um, what are we holding that the swamp monster in? Oh, that is a very large room, in fact, and they have the, the dwarves have made sure to line the cell with lead so that it doesn't, as opposed to concrete, so that it doesn't, you know, turn everything into mud and just swim out. So, question. Yeah. Aside from it being let's say, inhumane, uh -huh. is there a reason why we don't just leave them in their Pokeballs? Um, you know, like Pokeballs. Well, there is nothing to stop you from leaving them in their Pokeballs. It would save on space and... <laughs> You've given up at this point. Yeah, yeah, well, it would the be... main problem is those are expensive to make. Yes. Uh, it's yeah, not yeah, but would you say out? more expensive to make than a huge lead-lined room for a giant swamp? Well, the lead-lined room was already there, that's yeah. the thing. The rooms are admittedly more expensive than the capture units, but, you know, there's nothing stopping you from taking all the messy fine and just keeping them in a room full of, uh... My you know, collection! Yeah, full My of dreamcatchers. Trapped, yeah. <laughs> trapped in tiny balls forever. Yeah, it's entirely up to you. Jeez, oh, I'm getting some bad vibes about this. <laughs> Have we ever captured like a, a, a sentient being in a Pokeball? Yeah, uh, you captured the ghoul, uh, Grinner. We did. Yeah, we and did. Then, but I mean, like someone who could tell us, like, yeah, Grinner can talk. Yeah, Grinner. Yeah. Like, I literally made a pact with him, and he gave me information. Oh yeah. So he, based from myths that have been in capture units, they told you that dream catchers are being in a dream capture is similar to being. Um, in a straight jacket in a pitch black room. Oh, okay. Ah, not good. <laughs> yeah. I, in my mind, they were unconscious. So a yeah. magic lamp. No. We put them in medically induced comas. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the best. Yeah. We could put them in medically but, induced comas. But, you know, when they're in a dream catcher, they can't get out, so it is convenient in that sense. Yeah, well, I think the only thing no, we... No, I was just curious. Like, just the only time that... that like, Chip would probably advocate for that specifically. It's one, if it became a budgetary issue. Yeah. And two, if for, like, really serious threats like that, like the swamp monster, he might actually say, you know, we maybe want to stick this thing in a ball. If there, if a myth is so absolutely dangerous that e even a dream catcher is the best possible guarantee... What's well, the same thing as having a criminal so violent and so dangerous that you put them in solitary confinement? Yes, like it's, it's that, similar it's, to that. It's a very similar equivalent. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, like, as far as I understand, it would the swamp monster cruel. is more animalistic than sentient. True. Yeah. It's uh, not actively trying to kill people, it's just hungry. Yeah, it, the room that it's kept in is a very reasonable facsimile of an actual swamp. Yeah. yeah. Alright. The, the actual only, like, downside that I'd probably say is, you know, it's pretty easy to smuggle out a dream catcher mm -hmm. if somebody broke into the police station. Yeah, that could be bad. 
So speaking of why the Dreamcast... Which is why all Dreamcatchers and myths kept in Dreamcatchers are kept under severe lock and key. Right. And they also yeah. have those things from, you know, from, uh, you know, clothing stores. They just, like, clip on. They're really annoying. They, they die No, the RFID chip. So someone tries to walk out of the building and goes, wee, wee, wee. Yeah, that, which is great. Until all the power in all of London goes out. Hmm. Yeah, that's so, something else. So what you're saying is they've already stolen all the All right, so... <laughs> so uh, Why Frank, hold on. We go over to the myth, like, push one over. They're just cardboard! <laughs> oh, no! Oh. You've been bamboozled. Mm-hmm. This is the mid-season twist. Darn it. All right, so back to daily life as we know it. All right, so Blackmore comes in and basically makes a beeline more or less straight for Hightower's office and, like, very in-the-thick-of-it style, like, knocks on the door. It's like, uh, okay. Hightower, you have a second? Um, he opens up the door. I was just about to go to the meeting room. What are we speaking about? You're going to hate me for this. I hate you for many things already. <laughs> With that, he laughs and claps you on the shoulder. What's going on? He's so, like, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm willing, so I've managed to talk to the Grove Mother Iris, and she's willing to give us cooperation in regards to the investigation, probably a bit more than she's giving us now, which is to say a lot. But she wants something in exchange. What does she require? A humanitarian visit to examine the qualities of our myth containment cells. She's basically coming to make sure they're comfortable. Hmm. You're absolutely right. I do hate you. So, <laughs> and then, like, Blackmore just kind of like, yep, figured that was coming. And he nods a bit. So, it looks like we have a few things to take care of then. Yes. Make sure that they're all happy, that they're all cared for, and all that such. Hmm. And possibly improve their conditions from where they are now. There's uh, one. Second thing, uh, we have at most, Blackmore checks his watch, two days. Yeah, he just <laughs> sucks in air between his one teeth. One note, just to um, bring up, uh, it's in the basement. And there's no sunlight. The Grove Mother might take offense to that. Well, we don't have any plant or plant-related myths down there. But you I think she's thinking ahead. Ah, well then. That would explain a lot. Also, um, are you entirely sure that you've gotten your goat? Is that what it is? It's Fisher. Right, Fisher. Are you entirely certain that Fisher was... On the level, as it were. I'm petting Fisher. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, he hasn't done anything illegal. Is that what you're asking me? No, no. I'm just worried that if she shows up and finds... Wait, does Blackmore know what gruffs are at this point, or does he not? The only person who knows what a gruff is is Jack. Ah, yes. So, because you were told. Yeah. Well, uh, that's clearly a myth from the Grove, and she has put the myth in lockdown. Well, it was a gift from before the lockdown. From who? Oh, it was. It was. I know. I bet it was that nice dryad lady that, that Jack was talking to. And Blackmore's like he just has that look of like, oh god, on his face as he just stares at you. Yes, about that, Houston. I want to make sure that if we're going to be hosting an extremely powerful um, spirit of the earth here, that we're not encountering a. Well, how do we put this? Wait, uh, extremely powerful spirit of the earth. Yes, the Grove Mother. Oh right. If I want you to, my goat. <laughs> I want to make sure that we're not... Houston, I want to make sure we're not entering into the so-called farmer's daughter scenario, as it were. She just gave me a go. <laughs> you know, and, and we were going to go, you know, not to gossip, but we were going to go on a date. Mm. And then quarantine. Right. It's all been very polite and above board. Oh, and the right. mother is aware. All right, then. If anyone would be good at talking to her, it would be Jack, I would think. He already has so much experience with these plant ladies. 
Yes. <laughs> Jackets are like, yeah. And like he does, like Blackmore does, like Nero's eyes and go, yes, that could be useful. <sighs> All right, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Houston, I suppose you're going to be with us when the Grove Mother Iris comes to visit. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we could teach her how to shake hands. She didn't know last time. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> maybe. Uh, Quincy, what- look, shiny penny. <laughs> <laughs> That might be a little bit... What, because I'm old? Ageism! Quincy, maybe one thing at a time, and... Actually, Quincy, I was thinking that me and you could hit the streets and look for uh, more information on that man in black. Oh, that's a great idea. I would would love to, Chip. I mean, we can't all be here for... Well, we don't want to crowd her. Oh, it's uh, it's also we can't, can't... We can't all be here for a diplomatic function. We need so, to do our jobs. Speaking of jobs, don't... for today, uh, time for today's assignments. So, you said that the two of you want to go investigate. He taps case number two on the board. The I, I was actually thinking in a couple days when, oh. when during the diplomatic. Well, right I mean, now. Well, I mean, uh, if we got it out of the way right now, I could meet the Grove Mother. I was hoping that we would actually have as much done on the Grove case. Yes, for when she comes. If we are able to do a lot of work on the Grove case, it will show her that we are severely invested in her troubles as well as those of the Grove in general. Oh, one thing. Speaking of which, I stayed here last night and found what I find. Okay, (laughs) so... I plotted his blank board, which will go itself in. There are two suspects that you found in regards to the the purchase of large quantities of weed killer. So, the first one is Dolores Cartwright, who seems to be a 34-year-old woman who works for, essentially, a factory. Um, essentially, she's in charge of purchasing supplies and such. Oh, oh sorry. Is it, oh, where's the key? Oh, uh, oh, I think that he's just reading the information off of that. Or, no, yeah, wait, well, that, well, that's, that's, Those are his notes. These are the cases. That's other cases. We're missing case two. Thank you. Oh, wait, that's case <laughs> Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to steal your notes. <laughs> you bastard, Johnny! Let me see the adventure! Give me! No! <laughs> Okay, the murderer is. It just says Joey on it. <laughs> I'm behind you all along, Joey. You killed my wife. The cops are outside as we speak. This is an example of loud spikes in volume. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, listeners. Mm-hmm. John, make sure they make his part real quiet. Change Cut all, all out. Change all our voices so we don't sound like this. You can do that with audio stuff, right? Auto tune me. Give us the audio. <laughs> Give us the audio quality of smooth caramel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Ira Glass now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, as for you, Joey. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. So, the two individuals who you know of, Dolores Cartwright, who works for an industrial firm that's involved in rezoning parts of the city, and she is essentially in charge of purchasing supplies in large quantities. The other individual is Elliot Foster, who up until about a year and a half ago was uh, working at a power plant in the city as well. Then he was let go as a result of numerous complaints from his employers and is now, well, unemployed as anybody knows of. Okay, and what database did these two come out of? Like, do they both have criminal records? Or? No, they are, they're both citizens. Oh, so what, I was comparing them to, uh, like, the driver's license database or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like, being an image match? Yeah, image match, basic information, like reports, social, like Social media. Yeah, social that sort of stuff. Insurance. Checked in okay. at Home Depot. The tweeter. Checked in at Homelessness. Okay. Oh, so, what? So, sorry, the, the names were again... Elliot 
Foster. Oh no, we got no to John. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I can't, we both can't look at it, jo- though, John. Mm. He wants his own. He wants to make his own mind map. And the second mind individual palace. is Dolores Cartwright. Now, if he's making a mind palace, he wouldn't need to write it down. This is just your basic. This could be a prototype. Paper and pen prototype mind, mind palace. He's got to practice. He's got to draw the the architectural schema. The web. (laughs) There's a word for that. The blueprints. (laughs) There we go. Okay, so uh, Elliot Foster is my prime suspect here. Fire for the power plant has has, disgruntled. Is he disgruntled? He was this. According to his Facebook post, he was disgruntled. Actually, he didn't post too too much on Facebook, but he's been oddly quiet on social media for the last two years or so. Right. And as for his employers, they cited numerous reasons for his dismissal, such as paranoia, uh, instability, um, talking to himself... Well, not exactly talking to himself, but... Um, so, you, it, so I'm assuming you phoned it the looks employer like, then. Yeah. So basically, after talking to them on the phone, they said that he had been exhibiting several signs of mental instability. Right, but there's nothing... Uh, like, if I run his background, he doesn't... Have any medicine or medical? Um, it was never did, like addressed. He said he said that he had sought help from a therapist, and you have his name as well. Uh, the gentleman's name is Winston Carey. Question: What, yeah. what about doctor client privilege? Question: I don't, th- I don't think that counts. What's up? Um, did I in any of these names like pop up in any of the previous investigations? Mm, no, actually. Right, so disgruntled, mentally unstable. Uh, we're gonna try and we'll po- hopefully be able to talk to the therapist. Do we have an, a location on him? Uh, when uh, on Elliot Foster? Yeah. yeah, you do have his address. Yes, still has an. What? Where does he work now? Uh, he has been unemployed for the last year and a half, apparently. Oof. Where does he live? He lives in a small area in the residential district, mm. like an apartment or a house. Um, a house, small one, basement suite. House, small, basement, suite, like, but rent, owned, or rent? rented? Rented. So, renting, but he's been out of work for two years. Yeah, it seems as though he's been, um, yeah, living on what savings that he had earned it's up until that point. It's also Britain, so, Social Security. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, does he have another source of income off the books? Doesn't seem like it. Okay. Um, right, so he's, I would say he's our prime suspect. Um, the other, the woman is Dolores Cartwright. She works for an industrial firm. Had, it does large purchases of we begun of general yeah. industrial things for the company for rezoning. She has. It's not. It would be uncommon for her to to have it. We should probably follow up anyway. Just check to make sure she's not using her job as a cover as a cover. But I, I suspect. The, uh, the other, uh, especially given the time of the murder, I suspect our uh, power plant worker was more likely suspect. Um, what What's his education? Like, what did he do? Is he, like, an electrical engineer? Or? He, yeah, he had been an electrical engineer at the plant. All right. Yeah, graduated with very good marks in his class. Uh, yeah, went to university, essentially uh, the equivalent of MIT, and learned all sorts of skills before being employed at the power plant. Okay. So, so he has a like degree in computer science? Yep. Um, or electrical engineering, probably. That's the one, yeah. 
computer. He, he seems he to be a dual major from the man. From the credentials that you have ap- obtained about him, he seems to be extremely capable in his field. Right. Um, I check his LinkedIn profile to see if he has been, if there's anything like Any job offers, anything that he's like. Um, has he done anything to try and not be jobless in the last since he got fired? Actually, no. He, okay. It seems as though he hasn't made any effort to try and employ himself. Alright, so um, I don't want to bring him in immediately, uh, just in case we don't have enough to hold him. Um, I'm thinking we get a warrant to go over his financials, see where he's been, what he's been purchasing, where he's been purchasing it, hmm. credit card records, that sort of thing. Um, that way we'll be able to build a better timeline, maybe some purchases that line up with the other murders. Well, first thing we can do is just go and ask him questions. Like, we don't have to take him in. Right. Um, so... We also want to spook him, though. Yes. If we want him to run off. Can't tell, like, we can't do the whole don't leave town. Well, I guess we could say that, but there's not really... Any... Yeah, no. Yeah, but there's not really... Sick police work. But there isn't really any basis on which we could hold him yet. So no, we say but... we can say don't leave town, but he can still leave town. And we can't, like, the police can't say, don't leave town, and then just, like, force you to stay in a place if they have no evidence to hold you there. Yeah, but, like... I mean, he's a suspect, but... If he ran, but... then we would, A, like, we would either, A, track him down, or B, we would, you know, he'd be very suspicious. He would be asked to go to Disneyland. Well... We can just question him. Yeah. He's um, a person of interest in our investigation. Yeah. But well, we don't have any evidence to question him with currently, good. really, like... Well, uh, Blackmore, you, you know this case best. Uh, what do you say? Seems awfully convenient, doesn't it? 30, about 13, 14 murders, absolutely no lead, then all of a sudden this, and now we already have two suspects. It all seems a bit too convenient. Well, the the young, the nice young lady at the, uh, um, at the, uh, what was it? The, the, the Home Depot? Um, <laughs> Depot. Home Depot? <laughs> she, she, she was very helpful. It could, it could just be a stroke of luck, Blackmore. Hmm, maybe. You have to think more hopefully in these situations. <laughs> right, so I feel like Dolores should be a pretty easy one to just write off one way or the other. So well, probably I, I close could, off I could that. talk to her. Uh, I mean, there's no reason we, we should give her a little chat. I yeah, mean, no, that's what I, I mean. We need to, like, we need to confirm that she isn't a suspect. It'll help us narrow well, the case on Elliot. In her case, it might be easy to just go to her employer and ask if it's something that they wanted her to order. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if she ordered it for them, then she would have to have had receipts, right? Mm-hmm. So, Did she uh, pay with a corporate card? Yeah, exactly. So, as, as such, I feel like that's a pretty safe like thing we can directly get while uh, we talk to a judge about uh, getting a uh, warrant to look at uh, to dig a bit deeper. Mr. Foster's finances. Hmm. I can talk to the judge. I know I'll know him a bit better than you than the Yank than the Yanks and the Kiwi and the Maple Leaf. We're special. <laughs> <laughs> the term is Canuck. Hmm. Colonialist. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> yeah. One. Right. I'll talk to the judge about getting the warrant. I'll see what I can do. In the meantime, I guess we can rule out we can have um, Quincy talk to Dolores, talk to Dolores, see, talk to, what, sorry, what's her last name? Cartwright. Talk to Miss Cartwright, see your... Miss or Mrs. 
Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Cartwright, and see if there's anything that of the unusual there. Other than that, we'll see what I can do. All right. And as you're talking amongst yourselves, Hightower is looking down at the baby gruff that's still sitting in Quincy's lap. And yes, and <clears throat> Houston, uh, are you going to be taking the um, goat on your uh, patrols and investigations and such? What level did you say a gruff is? Um, at the level it's at now, one. At its maximum potential level of six. Isn't that like literal god tier? Uh, that's the tier where, it's you know... When below god. It, ah, yes. it is the maximum classification that they have determined for spirits. Past that is like no so number. But, yeah. X. Past that is the eventual final boss of the campaign. Yeah, basically a class level six is when they call in the military to deal with a it. Godzilla oh. A Godzilla-sized monster? Well, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. All, what all size? So, um, class five is the same as the swamp monster. Hmm. Mm. Well, uh, he is pretty tiny right now. I think all of us should keep our eye on and it. It's so friendly and still stroking you. Yeah. It's eating part of your shirt. I don't care. So it's a, a level one, um, but uh, it's a groff. Okay, uh, uh... Tara, you've heard this term before. So yeah, you now know uh, all about a gruff and that they are essentially, you know, uh, forest spirits that are known for protecting large swathes of uh, land and such like that. They are also the foundation for the classic tale, The Three Billy Goats Gruff, because of the fact that they can kill not only trolls, but giants and titans as well. I got two twos. How much do I know? Fascinating. He's so little and cute. Who's the cute little gruff? Who's the cute little gruff? So yeah, you begin scratching him behind his ears, and he looks... Fisher. Yeah, he looks... Fisher! He looks very... Yeah. uh, He looks very pleased and entertained right now. (laughs) Yeah, um, he's the only one. Everyone when it gets bigger, it gets to level six. That's what? Um, at this high tower is just... Uh, it specializes <clears throat> in taking down giants, and titans, and uh, trolls. Who's the big giant killer? So, Who's the big boy? So, um, so I think it might be best to uh, keep it close by. Right. Um, do, do you... <clears throat> Alright, so we treat this thing with, uh, you know, uh, gloves on and, um, you know... Ma- gloves? <laughs> Do, oh, I get it. Mr. Bois, Mr. Bois, class six is reserved for dragons. What? Yes, we're, de- we're dealing <laughs> with dragons <laughs> only. Mm. Really? De- <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, I've also seen the dents it's been causing in the ceiling. So we are working on that. Mm-hmm. Jumping is for outside only. Right. Maybe we should get him heavy little shoes. <laughs> He can't walk right. It'll make his legs stronger. Well, if it's as powerful as you say it is, then we have to make sure to treat this with the respect it deserves and make sure that it has a comfortable space here at Scotland Yard for when the Grove Mother comes by. He can be our mascot. We have a mascot? Oh. And, and we'll, we'll refer to, to the police. The picture of his dog? No, not, not, not <laughs> the he, un, he unfurls the, like, fucking, like, his wallet thing of, like, all the pictures <laughs> the of his no, selfies. No, no, that's the other dog that we got. Yeah, the police, yeah. Oh, that's the actually here for the, at the police station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. oh what's his name? Also, the front desk has been holding a poll as to what to name the dog. And currently, the name that is in the lead with a number of votes is Waffles. Waffles, Doge Lord, Much Doge... It's a lot of memes. It's really 
What a millennial thing. We have to explain memes to the Grove Mother. This is a terrible idea. Now the dog's name is Hitler did nothing wrong. Then we have to explain to the Grove Mother who Hitler is and why this is a joke. It's not really a joke. If she's been around for a really long time, she probably knows who Hitler is. No, she. there's a gap. Yeah. There's a skip. Oh, She's yeah, been thousands yeah. of years and then not for a while and then back. They missed the blitz and all that stuff, so yeah. yeah. Remember when I wasn't alive for a while? <laughs> what a time. Remember that <laughs> alternate hell dimension? Remember that alternate hell dimension I was in for thousands of years? Good times. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. Yeah, Triple C, we have a mascot. Right. We're naming him. He might be named Waffles. <laughs> he might be named Waffles. See, but Fish is already like one step ahead. Got a name? Yeah, but Waffles has seniority. Woofing from off screen. <laughs> Woof. Well, Fisher has height. What? Jumping height. Mm. Oh, I thought you said he had heart. He's the two. Sometimes your accent's a little bit hard to right. understand. I'm working. Well, on I suppose we can uh, clear out a section of the tra- uh, training yard for use. Uh, a little sort of pen for the fellow, as it were. Start stapling mattresses to the roof. <laughs> Now then, it seems as though we have some work to do. See? Right. All right. Um, so, Blackmore's going to talk to his judge friend. Yep. Uh, Quincy's going to go deal with... Uh, Mrs. Cartwright. Mrs. Cartwright. Uh, Tara, would you like to accompany me? Where are you going, Quincy? Oh, well, we're going to talk to this uh, Mrs. Cartwright, and I thought that you, as a, um educated individual, might be able to uh, easier... Uh, Chat with this businesswoman. Are you being sexist? No. Really? He just wants to take. He really just wants to take all her because she's the only one that doesn't criticize his driving. Yeah. And actually, she's also my favorite. <gasps> Aww, Quincy. The truth is revealed. Uh, also, um, what company does she work for again? Uh, she works for. Totally uh, didn't do it, Incorporated. <laughs> Red Herring Inc. Wasn't me. <laughs> It's uh, Redfield Zoning and Industrials. After the Raccoon City incident, Chris settled down in London in order to make his own construction company. Hmm. Redfield, huh? All right. And what are Jack and Chip going to be doing? Um, Actually, I was thinking about coming at this from a different angle. Uh, Assuming that the blackout... Now that we know that a power plant worker was involved... Maybe mm. we could look into the blackout to see if that was... Uh... Something messing with the electrical grid. Yes. That... Well, what I'm wondering, and it was just like about what you said about when he was fired. You said he um, became paranoid and uh, unstable. And that was around the same time... Wait, sorry, it was three years ago the myths came in, or two? Three years ago that myths appeared. So scratch that. But um, I'm just wondering, what we're dealing with doesn't seem like... It's just a normal human murder. Right. So I'm thinking, what if this guy is a pact maker? What if he started taking on powers he wasn't expecting and that led to his paranoia, his um, unstableness, especially if he had something to do with electrical power. He's working in a... a right, in a power plant, maybe. A power plant. Some, some sort of electricity spirit or something. Exactly. Right. And so what I'm wondering is if, if we're dealing with someone more powerful than what we're uh, setting him up to be. Right. Well, I, I mean, finding out who is still helpful and finding out if he had some way of affecting the grid, mm-hmm. way to narrow it down, uh, I think that would be useful. So maybe we could go talk to the power plant or... Uh, I think the power plant's a good stop. I also mm-hmm. would like to see if we can find someone who 
might be able to track magical residue. Um, so oh, hold on a second. Who has detect magic? No, hold on a second. <laughs> I think I have uh, the solution for that. Um, we had that litmus bird. I was thinking of starting to try and form a pack with it, and I've just been having a bit of a trouble coming by seeds. Seeds. It's a bird. Eat seeds. Is that what it wants? Picked. Well, I guess I'll have to find out. Can I get a quick refresher what a litmus bird is? Uh, it's the bird that uh, we found in the fight ring, the one that allows you to detect myths or. Yeah, magical energy. Magical energy. Couldn't we take that into the field? Use it the same way the uh, those gangsters were. Um. Yeah. For that, it would rec- that would involve putting it into a small cage so it doesn't fly off. I mean, if we if we need to do something quickly, and Blackmore's going to be busy with the judge, and we can just shake the cage in front of people and be like, "Are you a man?" <laughs> that's that's not how canaries and coal mines work. Yeah. <laughs> so so how does it like react to magic? Or? Basically, if it senses magic, it will fly in that direction and investigate it. Or uh, you can also get it to follow trails of magic as well. All right, yeah. So take it with us, and we'll. <laughs> We're here to investigate. Shows up, uh, like just two people, like Jack Houston in his like leather jacket, chip and actual cop things, like carrying a birdcage. We open up the birdcage. It flies directly into the power cord and dies. <laughs> Aww. Give, give him the bird, Jack. So with that, we're going to quickly wrap up the episode. You guys have your assignments for the case, and now it's time for you to follow up on them. So, uh, listeners, we're going to be starting this up again real soon. Until next time, guys. See ya. Bye. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.